Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass Special Edition Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Foster, alongside Ryan Shepard. We are doing an instant reaction of Tennessee's 8-1 win over Charlotte to open the NCAA tournament here in Clemson, South Carolina. Ryan, we saw Andrew Lindsay dominate South Carolina two weeks ago. May have not been that an elite of a performance, but Andrew Lindsay cruised tonight against Charlotte. Against his former team, the Vols pick up a dominant win. Yeah, he might have not been quite that good, but he was still pretty darn good and certainly uh, plenty good enough for Tennessee to get a, a critical opening game win in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, really, if it wasn't for that first inning where he throws 30 pitches, the bases get loaded, and he gets out of it with a strikeout, if it weren't for how much he kind of had to strain through that uh, inning, it could have been, you know, just about as good as his start against South Carolina. Obviously, uh, former Vol Austin Knight, now a starting second baseman for Charlotte. Hit a solo homer against him in the seventh inning that kept it from being a shutout like he was against South Carolina. But uh, and at that point he was about a hundred and ten pitches. Yeah, yeah. So he was deep into the outing. Um, but yeah, besides really where that first inning he had to strain. Besides that, he kind of had it on cruise control and was really really good again. And that first inning was kind of weird, right? You know, you had the hit batter and you know the ump wasn't very generous with the strike zone. I think no. Andrew Lindsay kind of figured that out though. Used that first inning to figure out that those high Definitely. balls were not getting called as strikes and uh, then he was able to cruise from there on out. But just some stats to back up Ryan's point there. 30 pitches Andrew Lindsay threw in the first inning, but after that he threw 35 across the next three innings. So that it just shows how quickly Andrew Lindsay found his rhythm after that, and he didn't even give up a run until, like I said, he was 110 pitches into the game. But, you know, talking about how long Lindsay went here, I was surprised that he – you know, came out, or maybe a little bit surprised he came out there in the seventh inning, but also surprised he finished it after the home run. Lindsey threw 116 total pitches. That is a career high. Yeah, I was surprised the second part. They kept him in there to get through the inning, even after the home run. Uh, even after, you know, I was, I thought he gave up, what, an infield single there that ended up getting erased with a Cal Stark catching him stealing. You know, those I thought maybe they'd take him out, but I wasn't surprised that they, they kept him in there, and you know, look, Tennessee's been pretty cautious with their starting pitching and not wanting to wear them down, but this is why. It's the NCAA tournament, now it's the time you push the limit. Certainly, Tennessee had a comfortable lead against Charlotte, and they had a bunch of relievers that could have finished the job. They didn't need Andrew Lindsay to get those three extra outs necessarily. But uh, the regional can become a sprint, uh, especially uh, if it goes to Monday in a, a final game three, and you're going to need all the pitching you can get. So uh, I, I certainly wasn't shocked uh, or anything to see Tony Vitello kind of finally finally push it I mean he's been bragging about yeah. how they can for a while and now is certainly the time yeah and we've seen Lindsay go over 100 but we haven't quite seen that 116 number from any Tennessee pitcher this season really so um but yeah only five hits given up only one run as we mentioned for Lindsay and you know something we don't see a lot with Tennessee is when they have a great start from a pitcher is the offense backing it up early. And that's what Tennessee's offense did as they scored all eight of their runs in the first four innings. And Ryan, the big thing to emphasize with Tennessee's offensive performance is the middle of the lineup. That was pretty much all of the production. Jared Dickey, Griffin Merritt, and Christian Moore combined for eight total hits. Tennessee had 11 on the night. Those three same names combined for seven RBIs. Tennessee scored eight runs. So the offensive production was here in the middle. Yeah, it was. And for Jared Dickey, that was no surprise. He has obviously been kind of the go-to guy in Tennessee's lineup, and it was good to see him have a vintage Jared Dickey game where he goes three for five. And not that there was anything that was 
close to you panic about or worry about, but just in his really two games being back since from that shoulder injury, he hadn't been great offensively or hadn't certainly hadn't picked up at the extremely high level he was hitting before the injury. So uh, that was good to see him in that that uh, performance level, I guess you would say. And then for Christian Moore, obviously the big talking point we talked about in our preview was, uh, and we didn't know it at the time, but I hypothesized that Charlotte would go with Colin Kramer instead of Wyatt. Yeah, you nailed that, by the way. Yeah. yeah, thanks. And the lefty pitcher. And Christian Moore has been Tennessee's best bat hitting lefties this year. First inning, he drives in two runs with a double, and then he ends up uh, pushing Kramer from the game with a solo homer in the third inning. So he was great. Merritt, you mentioned it, had three hits as well. The, and then obviously the mammoth three-run homer there in the fourth inning that, you know, at that point, not that it felt like Tennessee was going to win before that at 5-0, up 8-0, and then the game felt over. Griffin Merritt smacked that ball. Yeah. It was, not, it was not even close. And I feel like, you know, if there's any vol, of course he's had 18 home runs more than any other player, but... He has the most no-doubt home runs. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of home runs he hits where he doesn't move because he knows it's gone. He's just watching it. And that's what he did. Threw the bat on the ground in celebration. So, at that point, Tennessee was up 8-0. You knew they were going to win this baseball game. But, yes, yeah, so how encouraging was it to see this production from the middle of the lineup? And, you know, for Tennessee's order to really pan out like the way it has, you know, reworking it with Blake Burke going down into the lineup and, you know, Griffin Merritt moving up. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the power bats in Tennessee's lineup, which today we're hitting four, four through seven, so right there in the middle. Merritt, Moore, Burke, and, and Denton. All four of those guys have been inconsistent and have been, at least to some degree, streaky. Some more than others. And those being the power bats, those being the guys in the middle of the lineup, like this isn't rocket science here. Like Those are the guys you're going to need to deliver. Those are the guys that need to have big hits and... Uh, certainly it wasn't a very good day for Burke or Denton at the plate, but it was a fantastic day for Merritt and Moore, and that's really what you're looking for. Is Obviously, you don't want nothing from those other two guys, but if you can get if you can get two of those guys to have really productive at-bats in a really productive weekend, really productive games, then the path to Tennessee just crumbling offensively. What we talked about happened to him in SEC tournament and what we worry about of the offense just shutting down, that's not going to happen if you have – two of those guys in the middle of the lineup hitting well. So I think that's the significance of it. I think Christian Moore, we've seen it this year in stretches. When he gets going, he is as dangerous as anyone uh, on mm-hmm. Tennessee's lineup, and his tears are just really, really impressive. And if uh, that can carry over, not just be a one-game thing, and carry over and be something Tennessee gets all weekend, uh, then it's all of a sudden Tennessee looks really, really dangerous, and its offense looks good to go along with the pitching staff that really just keeps on getting better and better. In our preview, in our regional preview podcast, we talked about questions regarding Tennessee, you know, heading into this weekend. And you talked about how maybe Maui Ahuna doesn't stay in the leadoff spot, or maybe we could see a change at some point. Probably not the Charlotte game, but at some point. Well, tonight Maui Ahuna had a pretty dang good game, went two of four, had an RBI, also had a double, um, wasn't brought in though later in the game. But Maui Ahuna looked pretty good tonight at the plate. He did, yeah. And he started things off in the first inning with a walk and, and ended up scoring. So. He got Tennessee going uh, off the gates, and uh, ironically enough, uh, Christian Scott, the guy you know I suggested hitting the leadoff spot, had some bad at-bats. It kind of looked like some Mal Yahuna at-bats today. So he'll look to get things going again tomorrow against Clemson, but yeah, you're right. Ahuna uh, was really good. He was ready to hit. I, get, I think it was the same thing in the second inning. Uh, his hit, RBI hit came two before Jared Dickey's, but both were the same thing. It was the first pitch they saw. They jumped on it, and he lined it right up the middle. Um, and he's obviously the doubles king for Tennessee. He had another one later in the game, uh, and it was, 
You mentioned it, the middle of Tennessee's lineup had basically all their offense. Malayuna was kind of the one guy outside of it that had a really strong game as well. Last thing I'll mention for Tennessee's offense on a positive note is that the fact that their two runs in the second inning and their three runs in the fourth inning all came with two outs. So Tennessee continuing their trend offensively, doing well, hitting well with two outs. All right, the negative side of things is the bottom of the lineup for Tennessee. Blake Burke, Zane Denton, Christian Scott, and Cal Stark went a combined 0 for 14 tonight. There was no production from the bottom of the lineup. Stark and Scott reached base once respectively, but... There wasn't anything after that middle of the lineup we talked about with Dickie, Merritt, and Moore. Just your thoughts on, you know, Tennessee's offense being kind of lopsided towards the top. Yeah, it really hasn't been much of an issue for him this season. Uh, and, you know, he mentioned that Scott, I thought, had some uncharacteristically poor at bats. So I'd expect him to settle down tomorrow. Cal Stark's obviously probably the least daunting uh, bat in Tennessee's lineup. And, you know, Burke's kind of this is kind of what he's been for a while. He's certainly struggling at a really high level right now, and I think Ditton's maybe the one worry about just because he's we talked just what we just talked yeah, about. Yeah, you said he's streaky. He's too, streaky, yeah. and him and Christian Moore, I'd say of those guys in the middle of the lineup, are probably the most streaky. And I didn't think the bats were terrible for him tonight. I guess that would be the the positive thing. Uh, he didn't look lost. I thought he battled in a couple two strike counts, and obviously didn't get on base on any of those, but had some flyouts. So. Uh, but for a guy that's streaky, it's obviously not a good sign for him to have a quiet start to a uh, start to a pivotal weekend. You know, Tennessee didn't score after the fourth inning, but I mentioned Maui Huna's double in the eighth inning, and they got two on in the sixth inning. So it wasn't like their offense was just non-existent after that fourth inning. They had a little life, but in a baseball game like this, you know, the, the winner was pretty much determined after four. Let's move to tomorrow, Ryan Clemson. East past Lipscomb with a 12-5 win earlier today. That means Tennessee and Clemson are prepared for a Saturday night showdown here in Clemson between the top-ranked seed and the number two seed in this regional. Caden Grice probably going to throw for Clemson tomorrow night. He's their Shohei Otani. We talked about him in the preview pod. Check it out if you haven't already. Now we know Chase Dolander is throwing for Tennessee, so this is going to be a really good baseball game. On paper, should be heading into tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the biggest game of the year for Tennessee to this point, and it's, we talked about it in the regional preview. The best way to win a double elimination tournament is to win a single elimination tournament, and whoever loses tomorrow night will have an uphill battle to face. It's going to be best on best on the mound. Uh, Chase Dolander... Uh, again, like Andrew Lindsay, has been getting better and better as the season goes on. Had his best start, was his last start at South Carolina. And obviously it's been overall a disappointing year for Doander. Uh, but you can erase a lot of that disappointment with a really good outing tomorrow. And it should be what should be a great environment too. Uh, obviously Clemson's going to have a ton of people there. And Tennessee had a nice contingent of people that made it across the mountains. So it won't be 50-50 by any means, but you know I don't think it'll be lacking Tennessee fans there either. Uh, it should be a great environment and two really good teams. I mean, uh, we were talking about it up there in the press box, and you know didn't don't mean this to hate on Charlotte or anything, but you know you're a six seed in the Conference USA tournament. They're not one of the better three seeds in this event, and it made sense that they were in this region because you talk about a really good one seed in Clemson, obviously their number four overall seed and one of the best two seeds in the tournament in Tennessee. Certainly, I think, the most talented two seed. Uh, This is what you get when you get a region like this, and it should make for a really fun game uh, Saturday night. Yeah, and, you know, barring anything crazy, I feel like these teams are going to meet more than once this weekend because the loser will will play the winner of Charlotte Lipscomb on Sunday morning, probably going to win that game. So then we'll see a Sunday night game between Tennessee and Clemson, no matter who wins tomorrow night, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be, again, you think the most likely. You never want to get too far ahead yeah, of yourself I mean, of baseball. But true. Yeah, I mean, just to the point we were just talking about, it feels like it feels like Tennessee and Clemson are kind of a cut above uh, the other two teams in this, this event. Yeah, definitely. All right, anything that you're, you know, certainly looking out for tomorrow, anything in particular between Tennessee and Clemson tomorrow night? Chase Dolan, her first inning. I mean, that's been the story for him. His struggles have largely started in the first inning. And in a game like this where the margins are going to be small, I think it's really, really important that uh, he gets off to a good start. And uh, I would kind of say the same thing for Tennessee's offense just because we've seen it spiral when it's been bad early. Um, so I, you don't, it shouldn't be that much of an emphasis at this point in the year. You would think, you know, you get off to a bad start, you should be fine. But that's just kind of – Tennessee hasn't played a ton of close games. It feels like it goes how it goes early in the game. Uh, so that's something I'll be looking for, and especially with Dolander. I'm going to the offensive side of things for my key. I, I think Dolander's going to be really solid. Even if he you know, allows a couple base runners in the first, I think he'll settle. It's not like Clemson's lineup is too daunting. You know, We talked about their offense is really good at clutch hitting, but it's not something crazy like a Florida or anything like that. I think it lies on the off- relies on the offense tomorrow because Caden Grice is a heck of a pitcher. He's been pitching really well here at the end of the season. And... Tennessee could have lost that South Carolina game even if Chase Dolander threw all nine innings or all seven innings because of the way the offense was that game. So yeah. even if Chase Dolander's lockdown dominant, Tennessee's offense has to show up for them to win tomorrow. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this instant reaction of Tennessee baseball's 8-1 to win over Charlotte live from Ryan and I's hotel room here in Clemson, South Carolina. We'll see you tomorrow night for an instant reaction of Tennessee and Clemson.